You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. If you're into biohacking, performance, or getting more out of life, this is the show for you. For more on building optimal performance, check out OptimalPerformance.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways selfishly that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage. Natural stack. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. Happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. I'm your host, Ryan Muncie, and today's guest is reigning World Series of Poker champion Martin Jacobson. Martin, hello, and thanks for hanging out with us. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> we, we are doing great. We're really looking forward to this. Um, so for our guests, I mean, that's, that's all the intro that we need. You're the reigning World Series of Poker champion. We're going to talk about performance and staying focused and the kind of the mentality and the mindset of, of becoming a champion and, and what happens when you climb that mountain. Uh, so before we dig in, a couple of housekeeping notes. As always, go to OptimalPerformance.com to see the video version and uh be able to grab any show notes, links, and resources to all the cool stuff that Martin and I discuss on this episode. And also, make sure you head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know that you enjoy the show, and we will read them on the air, just like this one from TFNA. Fantastic podcast. Really enjoying it. All right. So, with all that said, let's get back to Martin. Martin, like we said in the intro, you are the reigning World Series of Poker champion, we want to know all about this journey to the top. Um, was there a day, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago that you said, hey, I want to be the World Series of Poker champion? Or was poker just something that you enjoyed and it kind of evolved? Uh, yeah, definitely definitely the second part. <laughs> uh, I never I never actually made a decision, like, even to, uh, to play professionally. It just kind of happened. Um, I was uh, I was working as a, a chef in Stockholm, and uh, uh, I had quite quite high ambitions uh, in the chef world. I, I wanted to uh, work myself up to the top, and uh, so I got an offer to uh, move to Barcelona and uh, start working at a, a three star Michelin restaurant down there. And I'd only been to Barcelona once, but it's one of my favorite cities <laughs> uh, still to this day. Uh, so I snapped that opportunity and uh, was determined to go there and uh, yeah work. And uh, for some reason, my my contact person there that was gonna um, hook me up with his job um, uh, stopped uh, stopped answering my calls. Uh, so in the meantime, I was I was playing poker on the side like I had been doing for a couple of years, just as a hobby and sort of like extra sort of income. And uh, so in the meantime, I had quit my job in, in Stockholm. Uh, so I was naturally, I kept playing poker uh, more and more. And uh, while I was waiting for, um, uh, for this call, uh, I, was, uh, I was having some, uh, some major success in poker. And yeah, before, before I knew it, I, was, I, was, I guess I became a pro <laughs> during that time. So what, what does that look like? Uh, you know, 
when you say playing on the side, I mean, I'm envisioning the movie Rounders. <laughs> I'm sure that it, it was more of, of the online variety. Uh, but how how did you realize, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this? And, and what is that transition like to say, I want to become a professional? How, how does one declare professionalism in, in, you know, something like poker? And what's, what does that journey look like? It's funny you, you mentioned Rounders because uh, that, that film is actually uh, a big reason why so many uh, professionals uh, or poker players turned professionals uh, at the time I did. So we're all kind of in the same age group, actually. <laughs> we're okay. all between 25 and, and 30. I guess, I guess once Rounders came out, we were all, we all just uh, became of age to legally play. Um, but yeah, anyway, as so uh, no, it wasn't it wasn't like rounders really. <laughs> I I played some uh, on some clubs like local poker clubs and whatnot, but uh, most of it was definitely online. Uh, yeah, poker uh, poker was really uh, really blowing up at that point. Uh, it was it was everywhere. It was on TV and magazines and uh, yeah, you name it. Like it was it was all over. So. Uh, it was it was hard not to get involved if you had a little bit of interest in it, and I definitely did. So. Okay. So, again, like, how did you? At what point did you realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this? And you know, did you did you just say I'm going to enter the World Series of Poker? Did you qualify? Take us through that that journey to becoming number one. <laughs> well, I think I. I uh, in my mind, I thought I was really good at it, but uh, I think I was good compared to the competition back then. Because <laughs> since then, like the the competition today is so different from what it was back in the day. Um, when I say back in the day, I mean, uh, yeah, seven, eight, ten years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when when the when everyone was playing. Um, but uh, yeah, my my biggest dream was uh, was definitely to play the World Series one day, just to play it. Like I have no real, <laughs> obviously I, I would I would love to win it, but that that wasn't like a reality for me really. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to take part. Um, so my that was like my at least the first step on my on my goal list to to play the World Series one day. Uh, so in uh, two thousand and eight. Uh, I'd been playing for uh, playing professionally for uh, uh, a couple of months, and uh, oh no, sorry, this was actually before before I became a pro. So I was still working as a chef in Stockholm, and um, I actually managed to qualify for for the World Series uh, main event uh, via um, online satellite, which is like a qualification tournament online. Okay. Um, and this was in, I won it quite late. I won it in May and the tournament was in, uh, it was in early July and I was going to turn 21 on the 30th of June, just a few days before. And yeah, you need to be 21, uh, in order to play. <laughs> so, uh, it, it kind of felt like it was meant to be, but, it, uh, uh, but I actually had the option to either take the cash or go and play, and the total package was valued at I, I think it was around twelve thousand uh, dollars, which was yeah a huge amount of money back then for me. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, so I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, so I, actually, I called I call up my mom for advice, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, I was pretty sure she was going to say, well, obviously, you're going to take the cash. But uh, um, knowing that she knew how much I, I loved the game and uh, um, her, uh, her mentality, I guess I kind of underestimated. Um, so she, uh, she actually advised me to go, to go play. So so I went to Vegas by myself. <laughs> at, at 21 years old. At uh, 20, 20 years old. Uh, I went a few days before my birthday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, turned 21 in Vegas and uh, played the main event. And it didn't really go as planned. I, I actually got eliminated on the third hand. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, quite embarrassing in an eight-day tournament. <laughs> So how do you how do you recover from that, or, or what's your mindset after that and, and coming back? Did that did that kind of steal your resolve to get back and, and prove that you could hang with those guys, or was it just hey I had a blast and now let's just go keep playing for fun? I was I was quite devastated for a while. Uh, you know I, I sacrificed a lot to be there, and uh, I've been working really hard to uh, to get there. But at the end of the day, like. Like I said, my main goal was just to to take part. Really, like even sure if I had, had made a um, uh, made it further in the tournament, like I still I, I uh, looking back, like I wasn't I wasn't really ready for for something like this. Like my skill level wasn't um, wasn't prepared for uh, for such a big tournament. I think. So, it, over the next six years, then from 2008 until you won it in 2014 what did you do to bring your skill level up what was that like take us through that rocky training montage <laughs> uh, well like I, uh, like I mentioned before it's it's been a steady uh, journey you know all the way to the top over these seven years um, so it hasn't really been like uh, an overnight uh, <laughs> an overnight switch it's been like it, for every tournament I play, I, I learn something new um, the, about myself, about the game, about my opponents. Uh, so it's really, it's really, I think, comes down to experience. Just get to put in the hours and play, and yeah, also work uh, working on your game aside from the table. Uh, so the best way I think to improve is to have friends that are on a similar level as you, and just. Uh, pick their brain and uh, go through hands together and, and try to find, come up with new strategies that might work and uh, just improve that way. Now, I, what I want to know now is on the other side of winning the championship, has your mindset changed at all? Um, do your strategies change? Does that training change? Do you lose that edge? No, I I lost it, I think, for a little bit, but that was just a, a short period of time, because uh, right after I won, it was uh, I was quite overwhelmed by by all the attention and uh, just the feeling, like it felt so surreal to to one to achieve something like that. Like I still I still can't believe it, like, even to this day. Uh, it's it's such a long shot, <laughs> and uh, uh, so yeah, it took it took me a while to come back to reality, sort of, uh, but now. Now it's almost been a year, and um, it really, like overall, I wouldn't say that it uh, my mindset have changed at all. 
really. Like I'm, I'm still the same person. I still have the same, uh, um, the same passion for the game, and uh, my my motivation is the same. So let's talk about the World Series this year. Um, how motivated were you to repeat and and talk us through what happened this year? Uh, I was uh, extremely motivated <laughs> to repeat, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, the reality is that it's it's a real long shot. It's not. It's hard to compare it to any other game or sport because uh, uh, there's so few that that have that many entrants. You know, there's uh, almost seven thousand players uh, each year in the main event. Um, so to to go back to back is like a, the odds of that happening is like four million to one. I think. So having having tried to accomplish that, how much more impressed are you by the few men who have been able to to accomplish either getting to the final table or even winning back to back? Yeah, it's it's very impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah. You mentioned being able to pick people's brains. Have you like I know like Johnny Chan is one that comes to mind. I mean, have you been able to to talk to some guys like that over the? The course of this year, as you try to repeat, you know what what tactics did they use to to try to get back? Or? Uh, no, Johnny Chan is is uh, what we consider an old school player now. <laughs> I think, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I played with him a few times, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool, you know, thinking back to that rounder scene and and, <laughs> and everything. Yeah. What's what's it like to sit down at the table with somebody who? I guess more or less what was an influence in you, you know, choosing that route for your life. Oh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, uh, I wouldn't say you get, um, uh, I wouldn't say you get starstruck really, but, uh, <laughs> especially not these days, but I mean like back in the day, you know, when you had a, a big name pro like that at your table, like it was a big deal and it was, it was a lot of fun and exciting. Okay. Very cool. Talk to us a little bit about this year's uh, table and, and what happened. I mean, obviously, I, I, you didn't make it as far as you would have liked. Uh, no, this year, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as successful as, <laughs> as last year for sure. I uh, I didn't make it past day one, uh, uh, which is a bummer. But uh, yeah, sometimes like I I felt like I tried my best and. Uh, so so you can do. Do you think that's just uh, just one of those things? It's just part of poker. I mean, some sometimes you get the cards, sometimes you don't. Or, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of variance in this game. Uh, yeah, that's that's so as a poker player. That's that's when you realize like it's it's one of the the lifetime skills I I would say I've learned through poker is that there's a lot of variance in everything we do, and uh, I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't take in consideration. I think it, it reminds me a lot of, of a sport like surfing where, you know, not only are you competing against other competitors, but the variables, there are variables outside of your control. In poker, you can't exactly. control the cards. Uh, in yeah. surfing, you know, you've got to hope for good swell and, you know, did you get the right wave? And, you know, sometimes they get a set that, you know, in 20 minutes, there's no waves. Uh, for sure, yeah. 
how has that helped you in life outside of the poker table? Uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, I can't really come up with something specific right now, but I know like on multiple occasions I've, I've, uh, especially like having conversation with other poker players, like my friends, we've, uh, established that, uh, well, this person, uh, like if we're talking with someone who doesn't play poker for a living, that person like might ignore the, uh, the variance uh, aspect of, of whatever we're discussing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it, it, it kind of helps you have perspective on certain things and, you know, you're a little bit more patient and understanding of, you know, people don't always control everything about every situation. Yeah, exactly. And also sample size is, is something we, uh, uh, we talk a lot about, uh, like anyone can win a tournament once, but it doesn't really mean anything unless you played, uh, you got to play like a certain amount of tournaments to establish yourself. Um, so, so as far instead as your of, skill goes, yeah. So instead of being like a one-hit wonder, uh, you know, <laughs> somebody who can can compile an entire catalog of success over their career. Exactly, like someone who's someone who's made a lot of final tables uh, is it's it's more impressive to me than someone who just won one tournament and never done anything again. So, consistency and and being close to not necessarily the very top but somebody who can maintain top five or top 10 for 20 years is obviously yeah. going to go down as a better poker player than somebody who won one tournament and was never heard from again exactly yeah okay so i think that's i mean that's something that can be said for a lot of aspects of life yeah exactly that's so what i think too that's a great definition of success if you think about the most successful people in any sport you know, whether it's Michael Jordan or a Peyton Manning or, or the one thing that they all have in common is that they were at the highest level for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Nobody in that pantheon of greats was only playing for one year or three years or five years. So right. that's a good point. Yeah. And they can all have bad games, you know, mm -hmm. it happens. So it does. that's why it that's why you can't put too much uh, emphasis on on one tournament. <laughs> so, look at yes. Martin bring bring in some <laughs> bring in some stuff to the Optimal Performance Podcast. So 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 talk a little bit about that then. Like, what's your what's your mindset this year after uh, not not a failure, but a, a bad game or or mm -hmm. not doing as well as you would have liked in 2015? How do you what's your mindset coming out of this year going forward? Uh, you know, it's fine. It's uh, I realize, like once once you have the type of experience I have, I've, I've been playing professionally for so many years now. I you kind of learn, you develop a, a way to cope with uh, with downswings and not having not being successful for a moment, uh, and you just gotta accept that for for what it is and, and keep working hard and, and keep striving to play your best. And eventually, that's all gonna that's all gonna go away, and you gonna find yourself back at the top. We talked on a, on a previous podcast with Eddie Williams, who's an ex-NFL athlete. And one of the things that we talked about was not defining yourself, um, you know, by what you do, you know, who you are is not what you do. So right. uh, for somebody like you or, or an NFL player or whatever, how important is it that you have something besides poker 
so that when you do go through those downswings, you're not falling into that trap of saying, you know, oh, well, well, poker's not going right well right now. So, you know, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, however you want to say that, like what, where, where else do you go to, to find that balance or to help get through those lows? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that statement. It's, it's extremely important to have other things in your life than, than just put all the eggs in one, in one basket and, and go with it. Like, um, there, I've heard other arguments to that, that like, if you want to become the best at something, you gotta, uh, you gotta like invest all your time and effort into that and just like cut out everything else in your life. Uh, and that might be true to, to some people, but, uh, I don't think that's necessarily the healthiest way of, of, of doing things <laughs> because uh, what, whatever you do and whatever you achieve, that's, that is not you. That's, that's great and all. And if that brings you happiness to your life, that's good. But, uh, don't get too, don't get too invested in, in what you do. Like, um, there's, there's so many other aspects of life. What are some of those for you? Some of those other aspects that kind of help keep you grounded or, or from getting too swept up in, in the highs or the lows? Um, well, I like just other interests really like, uh, like we talked about cooking and, uh, uh other sports. I, I really enjoy, uh, mixed martial arts. Um, I, I follow the, that sport, uh, pretty hard. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, just, just the obvious, you know, family and friends, uh, having, having good friends, uh, especially, uh, something that's helpful, uh, I think is to have friends that are going through the same kind of faces as you are. Uh, so when I go through a downswing, I, I, I have other friends to talk to, um, and, uh, they can sort of help me I realized that it is just a downswing and we talk about it and uh, it feels better. Like it's, it's very, uh, very important mentally uh, to not, to not be alone in those moments to, to have someone to, um, uh, to talk to. All right. That's good stuff. Let, let's talk about the big elephant in the room. I mean, you won $10 million. How did your life change after that? Um, you know, when we talk about repeating and you wanted to repeat, was it, was it financially driven or was it just for the, the, the sake of competition? No, it's, it's never been about the money for me. Um, that's not where, that's not where my, uh, motivation lies. It's, I think yeah, I like the competitive part of, of poker. Like I want to, uh, I want to win more than. Like it, to put it like in perspective, like if if second prize pays a lot more uh, than first prize, I still want a first prize because I I want to win. Like right. that's that's what's important to me. The the money is just a bonus because it gives you a lot of freedom, freedom to travel and pursue your dreams, and uh, also yeah, play more tournaments because uh, I've always financed my my poker myself. Um, like I've never had. Uh, Never had um, someone who's uh, um, um, supported me financially, uh, so uh, it's it's hard sometimes. You know, you go on, on downswings and uh, you gotta cope with losing a lot of money. It's not uh, 
Right. It's not it's, always happy a, days. A lot of these tournaments have, you know, $10,000 buy-ins or, or even more, right? Yeah. Like I played a few, I played a tournament this summer that had a, a hundred thousand dollar buy. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's getting a bit crazy these days. Like the, the, uh, the buy-in just keeps going up and up and I guess it's inevitable because of the, how the game is involved, evolving and, uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, I had a feeling that you may answer the way you did about the money because I know that you are a competitive guy. I know you like to be physically active and train. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but, but I also know that you are part of a, a charitable organization raising for effective giving. Talk a little bit about that. You know, when did you become involved with that? What's the goal there? Uh, I became part with the uh, REG. The REG stands for uh, Racing for Effective Givingness. Mm -hmm. And um, Racing for Effective give Giving. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, uh, a couple of friends of mine that partnered up with uh, some businessmen in, in Switzerland. And together they've taken like a, a poker slash business approach to uh, charity. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think is something that hasn't really been done before, uh, not as uh, as I'm aware, at least. Uh, so what they do is they try to find uh, the most effective charities uh, where uh, you can say, like not only uh, by effectiveness, I'm not only talking about where the most of the money goes to the actual cost, like that's, uh, that's obvious, uh, but uh, also like what... Uh, where does the money goes the furthest? Like what? Uh, what type of charity can save most lives? Can we save more lives in this country by doing this? Uh, by preventing, uh, by preventing the cost. Like they're looking for symptoms mm -hmm. and trying to prevent, pre <laughs> trying to prevent them before they're happening, mm -hmm. rather than uh, dealing with the aftermath of a uh, of a big problem. Right. What's what's your involvement there, and and you know, what part of that brings you the most joy? Uh, well, my involvement is that uh, I'm an ambassador and uh, okay. uh, a member. Uh, so what you do is you uh, you sign up on their uh, their website and you pledge to give a, a percentage of your winnings. Um, so me being a poker player, uh, my winnings are. Um, are not fixed. Like I don't know how much money I'm gonna make next month or right. the the following months. Like I might have a losing month. Uh, so it it definitely adds to like some extra motivation for me to to be able to um, uh, to be able to do good to to make money and and support the charity. Yeah. So you're you're playing for somebody else. Partly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So. You mentioned being very competitive. Um, I think I can see some some boxing equipment up there on the shelf next to you. I, and I know you've recently <laughs> taken up <laughs> boxing. So, how do, how well, what other ways do you kind of blow off steam and, and kind of fill that that competitive spirit that, that you have? Well, I try to balance it by doing some yoga every now and then too. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, for me, like it's all about balance. Like I like uh, I like fighting and I like. Uh, extreme sports I, but uh, um, but I also like appreciate uh, uh, the mindfulness like how to uh, how to balance that and uh, 
also came down from all the stress that poker brings into my life. Well, and that balance is probably something that's useful at the table for you as well, right? I mean, you have to know, you know, when to be aggressive and when to be a little bit calmer, right? For sure, yeah. Being being mindful at the table is is huge, for sure. Okay. So, I guess tell us a little bit about the life of a poker player that you know that we may not have heard before that we don't know. Um. So for me, um, I play uh, about I would say half, fifty percent online and fifty percent live. Uh, so when I'm at home, I, I mostly play online uh, at my computer, and uh, there uh, I only play tournaments. Uh, some players play uh, cash games where you can you can choose how long you want to sit sit and play for. You can leave whenever you want. But when you play tournaments, you uh, sign up to play them, and you never know how long they're going to go for. Really. So if, if you go all the way in a big field, you might be stuck at the computer for the next 14 hours. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not only playing one table, because uh, that would be too slow and boring for me. So I usually play around uh, 12 tables at the, time, at the same time. Wow. So I have a window where, where I register for tournaments. And uh, um, the first one might start at, at 6 p.m. because they're all... They're all kind of scheduled uh, to favor the American time zone, <laughs> mm-hmm. or or I guess both in a way. It's just like it's it's evenings and nights for us here in Europe and uh, uh, in Canada and uh, I guess Central and South America these days because online poker is illegal in the U.S. Uh, at least not right now. Uh, but it's still. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, the first tournament over here might start at 6 p.m. And the last one I will register might start at, at, at midnight. So I have like a six-hour window of just registering tournaments. Uh, so yeah, over time, yeah, like you, uh, you get eliminated from a few. You, you build some stacks and some and just like keep on playing. And then by 3 a.m., you might have a few tables left. And then... Uh, by 6 a.m. It, it might be all over or you might be uh, at at least one final table. Yeah, okay. So uh, how did you, obviously on day one, you, you probably didn't start with 12 tables running at once. How do you train your brain to, to stay focused for, for that long of a time on that many things? Yeah, I definitely didn't start start up playing 12 tables. Uh, at, at one point in my career, I think I used to play uh, up to 25 tables at once. Uh, but now I've, I've toned it down a bit and try to try to focus on quality over quantity because, uh, like I said, it's not it's not easy money anymore. You gotta you gotta be uh, competitive and uh, you can't just autopilot like we call it. Like you can't just make the same decisions every time. Like you gotta mix it up a little bit and really uh, observe the observe uh, observe the situation. So do you feel like when you play online now after having won that you have a target on your back that, you know, now you've become the, the Johnny Chan that, that the guys are, are wanting to sit down with and beat? Yeah, a little bit. It's uh, it's different though. Like some people, some people try to stay away from me. They give me too much respect, I've noticed. They, uh, they were like, yeah, uh, they, they don't want to mess with my big blind. And like when I raise them, they're 
they'll give it up and say like uh, respect the champion <laughs> <laughs> uh while others like uh, are trying like extra hard you know they want to they want to bluff the world champion or they would they want to they want to beat me so it's just it's all about uh, it's all about figuring out who's who's part of which side and who doesn't really care <laughs> yeah so now we're talking about sitting at these sitting at a computer or or if it's in person at a table for 12 14 16 hours on these tournaments when you won the world series of poker you you wore a shirt that said powered by siltep talk a little bit about how siltep has helped you with you know staying focused yeah actually i started using siltep uh, at the beginning of the world series so okay uh before before I made a final table, uh, and I felt like it helped me. Uh, it definitely helped me uh, stay focused for for longer, uh, especially after a few hours. Uh, I could I could notice the difference in my my ability to to focus and, and concentrate. Do you notice a difference on the computer or in person? Do you have a preference for which way you play? No, there's there's pros and cons for both uh, and uh, that's that's why I like the mix uh, because after a while you, you start to appreciate playing online after you've been playing live poker for, for a while like you don't actually have to sit at a table like I, I hate personally I hate sitting down <laughs> I, have a, I have a standing desk and uh, I just really prefer standing up uh, so my back kills me after a while, like I'm sitting in the chair for, for 12 hours for many days in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one part I really like about online poker, that I can play in my, my own home or whenever, wherever I am, really. Uh, even when I'm traveling, I can play on my laptop or outside or whatever. wherever. Uh, but, uh, but live poker is also like... Where it's at, you know, you, you get to stare another person in the eye, and like, uh, it's it's that rounders moment you, you get to uh, to relive in a way. So it's it's hard. I I would have a hard time to choose one. Okay, okay. So tell us more about the the day to day. Um, if you're not playing poker, um, do you do you play tournaments every day, a couple times a week? What what's the life look like that behind the scenes? Uh, it depends. When when I'm traveling, uh, the tournament schedule so is usually pretty uh, demanding. So uh, when I'm traveling, I play basically almost every day. Uh, but uh, when I'm at home, I try to uh, I try to recover from from the live tournaments and uh, take a few more days off. So I right now I, I play about two three days a week. And then the rest of the the rest of the week, I'm just recovering it in one way or another, either by uh, working out like boxing or like trying trying new skills, cooking, and uh, yeah, spending time with uh, uh, with uh, family and friends. So. Now, with your background and training to be a chef, how much of that do you incorporate into the way you cook now? <laughs> um, not not too much. I'm definitely definitely a bit rusty as far as the chef goes. <laughs> you got you got to keep it up. Uh, but uh, uh, but I'll always I'll always have that passion for food. Uh, it's always I find 
my happiness level when I do cook for myself, like or for other people, especially, uh, my happiness level definitely increases, and I feel I feel more satisfied with myself, and I, I truly enjoy cooking, and it will always be, uh, it it will always be a passion of mine. All right, no. I've heard uh, from a mutual friend of ours that you are uh, a big believer in the benefits of mushrooms um, for recovery and immunity. Talk to us <laughs> a little bit about... Uh, Maybe you should mention what type of mushrooms you're talking about. <laughs> not, not hallucinogenic. Oh. We're talking about the health benefits. Um, Cordyceps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us which ones you use and, and, and how and what some of those benefits are. Yeah, so I started using cordyceps uh, during this year's uh, World Series, actually. And uh, just like Siltep, I found that it, it really helped uh, my endurance. Like, uh, I was uh, not just mentally, but uh, especially physically, like, I felt a lot a lot sharper and I had a lot more energy. Um, so I, 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 uh, I use them mostly for training purposes, because mm -hmm. uh, from what I understand, it increases your your blood flow, that your ability to transport yes and oxygen yeah. to your muscles. And cordyceps specifically helps target ATP production, and that's what helps us feel right. more energy and and have better endurance. So yeah, this is. Uh, a little bit of a preview for what's coming from natural stacks. There may or may not be and, uh, <laughs> some some mushroom-based products in the works. Cordyceps, Shaga, Rishi. Uh, how about yeah. some of the others? Are, are you using any of those? Uh, right now, I use a mix of, of three. It's uh, Cordyceps, uh, Rishi, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Uh, <laughs> okay, but there's yeah, there's there's a it's a mix of three. And yeah. Now, are you saying like improved endurance at at the poker table? Like you can sit there longer, or do you mean in in like physical training you can go harder longer? I would say both. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. In general, that doesn't really matter what I do. Like it, I feel like <laughs> uh, whatever it is, like I can do it for longer. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um. Martin, if, if our listeners wanted to get more of you, where should they go or where can they find you? Uh, well, they can go to my, uh, uh, to my website, mm -hmm. which uh, I'm actually updating right now. It should, the new version should be out on Wednesday. Okay. Um, and it's uh, Martin Jacobson, uh, J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N, mm -hmm. uh, dot pro. And uh, other than that, they can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, martin.jacobson, uh, or Twitter, martin underscore Jacobson. Martin, time for your top three tips for our listeners to live optimal. <laughs> what do you got? Top three. Um, well, rather, rather than think. Uh, uh, Rather than like giving out uh, optimal uh, health advice, <laughs> like what supplements to use and to work out and whatnot, like you, you've already had so so many brilliant guests that are sort of like experts in those areas. Uh, I guess I'll share um, like a more uh, holistic approach to it, uh, and that would be uh, uh, just to 
strive for like optimal happiness and uh, do what you love. Uh, find find your passion and uh, try to make a, a profession out of it. Uh, that's that's sort of how I started. Um, you know, I I didn't really uh, enjoy school, uh, so I got into cooking and uh, realized that uh, I was really <laughs> surprisingly passionate about cooking. And then once another opportunity came by, like I I discovered poker and yeah, managed to uh, to make a career out of it, and uh, I love it. Like it's my job, but it's uh, I don't I treat it as a job, but at the same time, it's uh, it's much different from a job for me. It's like something I enjoy to do. So, right. Um, uh, I don't know if that's three, but <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. If we were going to make that three, it would be um, find your passion. First find your find your passion. Yeah. Okay. Try try and make a career out of it. Okay. And um, optimal happiness. Yeah, I just strive for optimal happiness. Like do more, do more of what you like. Like do more of what you like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Happy. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. Martin, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, best of luck to you in Berlin. For our listeners, make sure you guys head over to OptimalPerformance.com. You can see the video version, and we'll have all the links and resources that we talked about today with Martin. Make sure you guys head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show, and that's it for this week. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Nothing stuck. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself.